Coming up on HIGMT, Gigafactory Shanghai gets larger in a big way, SpaceX sets up shop in Austin right alongside Gigafactory Texas, supercharging construction gets streamlined, and logging in Canada goes all electric. Welcome to How I Got My Tesla, the podcast of indeterminate length for Saturday, April 10th, 2021, episode 37 in Ottawa, Ontario. I'm Matt Wilson. Let's start off with a few Tesla things you should know. Tesla's expansion at Gigafactory Shanghai is so large, it could very well be a Gigafactory in itself. Although the land recently purchased by Tesla is a little bit smaller than the land Gigafactory Shanghai now occupies, the proposed expansion will occupy a significant portion of the 113 acres now available to Tesla. It is suspected that this expansion will be needed to produce the yet unnamed $25,000 EV. So I'll be keeping an eye out on this expansion. Uh, Given how quickly Gigafactory Shanghai was constructed, it could be possible to wrap up construction of this expansion by the end of 2021, which is actually really impressively fast in terms of construction. I will link out to the articles from torquenews.com and insideevs.com in the show notes below. If anyone is looking for more information regarding Idra's Gigapresses, you should check out the latest article from Tesserati.com. Idra recently held a virtual open house in which they spent a lot of time discussing their new 8,000-ton Gigapress, interspliced with some sweet B-roll footage of the Gigapress itself. Each Gigapress is 19.7 meters long, 7.4 meters wide, and 6 meters high, and weighs in at an earth-crushing 430 tons. To date, Idra has delivered two Gigapresses with plans to deliver an additional nine units in 2021 alone. Although not specifically named, it is suspected that Tesla is one of Idra's primary customers. Although not directly related to Tesla, we now have a suspected use for the recently cleared land to the southwest of the Megapad area on the other side of Interstate 130. SpaceX is looking to be setting up shop for their Starlink internet product. With 1,200 Starlink satellites now in orbit, which is about one-tenth of the total required, SpaceX will need to ramp up production of their satellites to meet customer demands for high-speed broadband internet. Additionally, SpaceX recently posted a position for automation and controls engineer for a groundbreaking state-of-the-art manufacturing facility in Austin. If you want to see what range anxiety feels like in the winter months in Canada, you can check out the InsideEVs.com story where YouTuber Tesla Pegg tests his Model 3 Standard Range Plus in the dead of winter in Winnipeg, Manitoba. To make things even more interesting, the test was performed during the night when temperatures dipped to minus 33 Celsius or minus 27 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, without spoiling the end, my main takeaway from this YouTube video is to always plan ahead, especially when temperatures are going to be very low and the expected range of your EV takes a 25% hit. Now, I was thinking about this article after I watched the YouTube video, and I was thinking, boy, is this going to be a problem for us whenever we eventually get a Tesla of some sort? Um... The 25% hit in range is definitely of concern during winter months, but actual, you know, we only have maybe four months of really cold weather here in Ottawa. So um, I'm not exactly sure if the 25% hit in range is going to be a huge issue. As I always say, you know, range is king whenever it comes to purchasing a Tesla and trying to figure out which one uh, is right for you. You know, it's always best to, if you have the funds available to you, to invest in additional range so that you don't have to deal with the range anxiety, especially on a longer trip. But, you know, we're basically, um, you know, we, we don't venture outside of Ottawa all that often. So that's why when the standard range Model Y came around, I was really excited to see 
the uh, that trim level being offered at a significantly lower price than the uh, long range Model Y, it kind of fit into our lifestyle a little better than the more expensive uh, long range version. But yeah, I, I think that as long as we are very cognizant of you know what the expected range is of whatever Tesla it is that we end up getting, uh, I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. And if we end up having to go for an extended trip during the winter months, um, you know we can always rent a different vehicle if we uh, need to do so. So I don't think it's going to be something that I need to really worry about. But it's always good to know. Uh, exactly how much of a hit your range is going to take, especially in the cold winter months here in Canada. InsideEVs.com recently took a look at Tesla's production delivery numbers, and it would appear that Tesla has surpassed 1 million delivered Model 3s and Model Ys. Cumulative sales since 2012 for the Model S and Model X now exceed half a million deliveries, and Model Y deliveries are over 100,000 since deliveries started in early 2020. With these strong numbers and the additional production capacity from new gigafactories in Texas, Germany, and in China, I really do suspect that Tesla will be able to deliver over 1 million vehicles by the end of 2021. Tesla is rolling out a new method of supercharging construction, and that is to have most of the supercharging infrastructure prefabricated and delivered on the back of a semi. Tesarati.com has pictures of a such installation in Beaver, Utah, and more information was obtained by Reddit user Cam the Ombre. Charging stalls and the required hardware are mounted on a concrete base, then delivered on-site at the proposed supercharging location. Once on-site, the entire concrete slab is taken away from the tractor-trailer and installed at the predetermined location. By having this type of modular installation, it makes it easier and more efficient for Tesla to set up new superchargers by having much of the finicky work already completed in a controlled environment. This method of installation also gives Tesla a distinct advantage with quicker supercharging network expansion and also gives Tesla the capability to move superchargers to a different location should it become necessary to move to a new location. Mosaic Forest Management is looking to test three Tesla semis in one of the hardest environments, and that is in the logging industry in Canada on Vancouver Island. These semis would be a pilot program to see if they would be capable of performing as good, if not better, than their diesel-powered counterparts. If successful, Mosaic would then look to replace all 300 of their logging trucks with electric semis as part of their efforts to become carbon neutral by 2035. Since most of the timber on Vancouver Island is located at higher elevations, the Tesla Semi would be best suited in this environment since each truck would be capable of regenerative braking under a full load of wood while heading back downhill. Now, I would suspect that Tesla would need to offer a new trim level for the Tesla Semi, some sort of ruggedized version where aerodynamics are not as much of a priority. Considering the operating environment and the condition of the logging roads, it would not be uncommon for the Tesla Semi to encounter issues in the field that could damage parts of a Tesla Semi in its stock form. InsideEVs.com has another great article regarding the expected range of the off-menu Model Y standard range versus the Model Y long range. With a significant smaller battery, which is about 60 kilowatt hours versus 80 kilowatt hours, the standard range is looking to be able to go 357 kilometers or 222 miles between charges. The article also compares specs between the two different trim levels for the Model Y. So if you are okay with a 20% hit performance that goes along with the 20% lower price, maybe the Model Y standard range would actually be sufficient enough for you. 
And as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, you know, I was really excited this past spring when Tesla announced the Model Y standard range, even with the expected 357 kilometers, you know, that slots really neatly into the way how, uh, you know, our driving habits are here in town. We very rarely uh, drive outside of uh, city limits and, um, you know, to be able to get into a Model Y at a less, you know, a 20% less price than the long-range Model Y all-wheel drive version, you know, that, you know, that slots very neatly into, you know, my uh, expected budget that I have for a Tesla. So that's why, you know, I'm hoping that in the event that, you know, I get enough money together to actually get into a Tesla of some sort by the fall of 2022, I'm hoping that the standard range Model Y is actually going to be a viable option for me and Tesla just doesn't outright remove it. You know, the 357 kilometers, um, you know, that range, I think not only would work well for our family, but will also work f well for other families who want to get into a slightly larger vehicles than the standard range plus model three and maybe step up into the model Y. So I guess we'll just have to see, uh, you know, what happens in the next year and a bit uh, between now and when my lease is up. And we might as well take a look at what is happening at Gigafactory Texas. And thanks again to Joe Tegmeyer and Jeff Roberts for the daily drone footage. In Joe Tegmeyer's April 7th video, he goes into some of the recently announced news regarding Salsareg Engineering and their plans to build a battery production facility in San Antonio, Texas, which would supply Tesla with the needed 4680 battery cells. Joe also mentioned that there is a new area to the east of the Megapad area that is being prepared for the needed cathode and lithium hydroxide processing facility. Aluminum casting furnaces have been delivered on site and damp proofing over the stamping plant is almost complete, including the needed tie-in to the adjacent roof that was constructed out of structural steel. Concrete wall panels surrounding the stamping plant are now in place and work has shifted to the installation of wall panels around the casting plant. There's lots of structural steel components being stored in the 4680 battery cell production area waiting for assembly and installation. There's also lots of activity inside the Gigafactory itself with concrete floor slabs being poured on a daily basis and installation of the needed production equipment. Exterior wall covering has started on one section of building with what appears to be a plywood based material such as zip sheathing, but I'm not 100% sure if this is actually the case since the drone footage is not close enough to see the material manufacturer. And there are more geotechnical investigations underway in the area to the west side of Interstate 130 where SpaceX will be setting up production facility for their Starlink product. Well, that should pretty much do it for episode 37. If you're looking to purchase a new Tesla and you want 1,000 free supercharging miles, you can feel free to use my referral program link in the show notes below or head on over to ts.la slash Matthew40942. So far, the only person to take advantage of my referral link is Chatty. So thanks again to Chatty. Uh, hashtag for this episode, let's try hashtag um, Tesla logging. And the overall hashtag for this podcast is hashtag HITMT. And if you have any email for me or any comments, you could throw me an email at howigotmytesla at gmail.com. And I need to shout out my patrons who are supporting me at the V3 supercharging level. So thanks to my brother Nick for your continued support. As always, you can watch my progress towards a Tesla of some sort by visiting howigotmytesla.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram by simply searching for howigotmytesla. So thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by Matt Wilson and hosted by Squarespace. Music for this episode is Cascade by Cubby.
hey, you're still here? You must love how I got my Tesla. If you like the content so much, why don't you help support the show and become a Patreon? Get access to all my Patreon content and support the show you love when you go to howigotmytesla.com slash Patreon.